listening and learning. I, we're not failing enough. I love wow. That. Yes. We're not yes. failing yes. enough. That's that is so, awesome. That means we're not taking enough risks, right? right. Absolutely. Right. KEPX presents a Levine Media production. This is Dignity Leadership with hosts Brooke Coleman and Rich Levine. I am Rich Levine. I am the founder and co-host with Brooke of Dignity Live podcast. On my far left is Brooke Coleman. Yes, I am Brooke Coleman. I am the Chief Inspiration Officer for Dignity Leadership. So if you guys ever had any questions like, how do we come up with our titles? <laughs> we create our own titles. That's right. And it's something I read about in, um, it was the Boys and Girls Club, I believe, or one it of was. them. Or um, make, no, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Make-A-Wish Foundation. Make-A-Wish Foundation. Every time you get hired as an employee at Make-A-Wish Foundation, you get to make up your own title. How fun is that? It's awesome because then you start embodying your work and you add purpose to what you're doing. There's identity in it, there's and there's, that's important. Yeah. Yes. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about mentoring and leadership. We're going to talk about a concept that I was introduced in college or at my uh, grad school. Yep. Brooke, you were in that class with me, yep. about a personal board of directors. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk about um, leaders create more leaders. Um, so the two gentlemen I have with us today, next to Brooke is Mike Browning. He's the general manager of Mannheim San Antonio Auto Auction former president of the National Auto Auction Association. Welcome. Wow. Welcome to the show. It's pretty big. Thank you. It's, uh, big titles there. Yeah. I, I would look around like, who's he talking to? Wow. Yes. And, and you wanted me to introduce you as just, uh, just a gentleman from Louisiana. Just a boy from Baton Rouge. Yeah, Baton, Rouge. Baton Rouge. So can you sing uh, the Baton Rouge song? Call Garth Baton Rouge. Uh, I'll get Garth. Uh, ah. I'll get Garth. He'll take care of it for me. All right, and right next to me on my left, your guys' is right, is Jeff Martin. Jeff Martin's in charge of, he's the leader for Texas Independent Automobile Dealers Association right here in Austin, Texas. And when I went, I asked these gentlemen for bios before we got started. I said, hey, can you guys email me something? Neither one of them emailed me. <laughs> they don't email me anything, so I got to make it up on the fly. I go out to the website, and I find Mike on the internet. And Mike's got like paragraph after paragraph after paragraph because he works for a big corporate company that makes a lot of money. And, you know, they're like, that's how they think that leadership is done well is by making this giant bio. And then I surf over to TIADA's website, and I can't even find two sentences <laughs> about Jeff. But I think what this says a lot about leadership and what I like is, Jeff, you're known throughout these independent automobile automobile dealers associations around the country as a leader. You're humble. It's not about you. It's about the organization. So I think when you look at this stuff and so here's what I have. Here's what I found on the Internet about Jeff. Jeff Martin has been the executive director of the Texas Independent Automobile Dealers Association since 2006. The annual budget and memberships of the TIADA has more than doubled under Jeff's leadership. Wow. That's enough. That's enough incredible. Said. That's all yeah. I thought, yeah. which is Bravo. pretty awesome. Yeah. So I think it goes to say, so what do you have to add about that from, from a leadership standpoint? Well, I think a couple of things. Uh, certainly there's more to my background that got me to the position that I'm at today with the independent automobile dealers. And, and certainly a lot of that came through uh, interacting with other leaders. But to your point, you know, I, I feel like when you run an, uh, a nonprofit association, the focus for us should always be on the members of the association. And so we very rarely, you know, we, 
I won't say that we have a hard policy, but we kind of have a soft policy. When we're out putting events on, we're not taking pictures of you know, the, our employees or of our team. It should always be focused on the members of the association because at the end of the day, that's who we are. We should be representing their interest. It shouldn't really be about the employees or the, or the team members that we have there. So, so when you see something like that, I, I would say we're trying to lead by example and our entire team feels that way. You know, when I, when I met you, I can't even remember when I met you, but I remember the experience. Mm -hmm. And they always say it's not what somebody says, it's how they make you feel. And I remember I'm meeting the, the head guy for TIADA, and I was like, I think my palms are sweating. And I was like, man, this guy, he's going to be down to business. And I meet him, and he is just like so kind and humble. And I remember you made me feel a part of Texas when I came here, because I didn't, I didn't grow up in Texas. I was working in Indianapolis, um, Indiana, working for a big company. I was working for, what do you guys call it over there? The Dark Side Brand X? Brand, Brand, X. Brand X. <laughs> I was working for a direct competitor of Mike's. And we're going to get into a little story here in a minute about how that came about. But anyway, you, you welcomed me to Texas, and it was, it was the feeling that you gave me that was incredible. I don't know if you remember that experience, but it was... Well, I appreciate you saying that, but I think that's important, again, for the role that I have where, you know, we have multiple people that are members of our association and they come from all walks of life. You know, for example, you two were competitors, essentially, um, but both were part of the association. And it doesn't, whether you're competitors or whether you're a small dealer or you're a large dealer, at the end of the day, you know, you're important to the fabric of the association as a whole. And so I appreciate you saying that, and, and that's certainly a goal of ours. You know, if you're a brand new dealer, you've been in business for 40 years, you have something to contribute to the association, and we want to make you feel like you're welcome in the association because that's the only way that as an association we're going to grow is from, from collecting all of those different experiences. Yeah. And, and you helped, when I came on board, you helped, you didn't care about the size of the independent automobile dealer. You didn't care if they sold two cars, a hundred cars, or a million cars. You took everybody in and you treated them all the same, which I thought was admirable, which is where I kind of like started gravitating towards you. And like, so we talk about this concept of, of personal board of directors, Brooke. You and I learned this yes. in grad school from Dr. Ralph. Yes. And do you want to explain the personal board of directors? Sure, I'll give a good stab at it. Um, so quite frankly, my favorite experience in grad school was with Dr. Ralph, and, and it was just his concept of really understanding what leadership was, and it's about the people that you surround yourself with and then how you grow that. So the personal board of directors is, if you think of a board of directors at a nonprofit, at, at an executive level, anything before you even go public, right, you need to have that leadership level. And um, that leadership is going to speak to the health of your company. You're usually bringing them in from the outside. You want perspectives that are going to help you grow. You want differences in opinions. You want people that are going to kind of buck you at different times, if you will, because you need that. That's healthy. You know, yeah. if everyone's agreeing with you, it's probably not the best place that you want to be in. Well, and everybody right. starts thinking alike. Exactly. Then they start You're making not the same grow. decisions alike they don't. Exactly. So on the on the personal board of directors yep. with Dr. Ralph, he's he strongly encouraged every single one of us to create our own personal, personal board. Yes. Exactly. So what would you have on it? Who who are the people on your board? That's funny you should ask. Well let's say let's say in general, who who should the people be? And then I'll ask you who your people oh, are. Oh, so you want to go that route. I do want to go that route, <laughs> yes. Um, it's people that are so number one, you've got to be able to take in feedback and think critically. Yes. So 
originally, before I ever went through the master's program and started learning about this stuff, I would have said that I want people just like me. I have since learned that there's nobody else in the world that is just like me. Everybody else is different. I thought everybody else in the world was an idiot. Lo and behold, <laughs> I was the idiot because Whoa. all of them were, hey, it's a true story, right? So I've learned. I've but grown. that's true. Here, here's just for a second there. The reason that's important is because that's very typical. That's very normal because that's comforting. It's comfortable to find people that are like you, to surround yourself with people like you. It is hard to be able to step out of yourself and to be able to say, you know what, I need some differences in opinion to look at something from a different perspective. That, that in itself is growth, and that takes time. That is not something that usually comes naturally. Yeah. So now, who do I have? I'm not going to get into the people yet, but the types of people I have are people that are willing to challenge my assumptions and thought processes right. to show me a different way of how to do things. Right. And my wife's probably laughing right now because she's like, you only know one way and it's your way. But I've had to humble <laughs> myself and learn how to do some of these things. Right. Some of these things. Yeah. And through our master's program, um, you know, Jacqueline Flores was on one of our very original podcasts, younger than me, much younger than me, an incredible influence on me. Uh, Rebecca's here. She was on one of our podcasts earlier, mm -hmm. and she's been an incredible influence. It's people yes. from these different backgrounds. And then there's people outside of my industry. Dr. Ralph, bless his heart, he's, I, I'm not going to say how old he is, but the poor guy is, I mean, I'm not going to say poor. He's mentally strong, but his, his insight his just the things he makes you aware of. Well, and it's a life well lived. Yes. That's where it comes it from. It is, right. exactly. So I've learned a lot going through this about leadership, that it's not about profits. It's not about your processes. It's about your people. So hang on just one second. Let's, let's back up just a little bit. So your board of directors, just to clarify that for anyone who's curious and who wants to build their own board of directors, the, the concept behind it is you need to have people above you that have more experience than you have, that have been where you would like to go, or um, have an influence in an area that you are interested in to be able to speak to that knowledge, to be able to bring you that wisdom. But you also need to have people below you that you can influence and you can lead at the same time. So it's constantly in flux, you're constantly growing, you're constantly learning, and those things are all happening at the same time. So and in essence, that's your board of directors, yes. right? And yep. so now, who is your board of directors? But you know, you're not, according to Dr. Ralph, you're never supposed to tell anybody that they're on That's your true. personal board of That's directors true. because <clears throat> then they might start changing. They might start bringing in some bias. And then they, they might, might start They might changing. build up walls. There might be, yeah, there's a shift there. Because mm -hmm. the one thing is, is you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to, um, if I'm giving you advice, yes. I don't want to filter to say, oh, this is what Brooke wants to hear. This is what Mike needs to right, hear. Oh, right. Jeff needs to hear this. But without that, without dragging it on any farther, these two gentlemen right here to my left, if your guys is right, Mike and Jeff, are on my personal board of directors. Whether they want to know, whether they like it or not, they're there. So the secret's out. The secret's out. Well, we don't email them back anymore. <laughs> no, you do. You email me back about the important stuff. Obviously, I mean, the bio is not important to you. I get it. Right. Mm -hmm. The important stuff was when you and I had to have conversations, Jeff, you were in on this. Hey, we need to talk about the podcast. Let's see what we're going to do. You guys were right there, Johnny, on the spot to help. But where I want to go with this, we're going to go to we're going to go to Mike for a second. So back in the, I don't know, 2015, 2013, 2014, I don't know when it was. I was promoted to a spot at a big company publicly traded. At least we thought we were big. 
we were important because we made a lot of money. It was about the profits, the processes, the money, right? right? Well, they put me in charge of safety. I had never done safety in my entire life. What I was good at was processes. Mm. But I learned something going through that yeah. is that people are way more important than anything else. Mm. And when it comes to safety, you need to be able to send everybody home at the end of the day in the same shape, get this, or better than when they arrived. And everybody would start challenging me. And I came up with this before I ever went through leadership. How can you treat somebody? How can they be better when they go home? It's all in how you treat them in the day. So then lo and behold, I'll let you take over this story because you probably know it better. One day I ended up in a conference room in Las Vegas, Nevada at the NAAA, and you handed me an award that meant the world to me. Well, yes, it well deserved. But let me back up about that. Back up. A bit. So, so safety and the program that you were really in charge of affected somewhere in the neighborhood of about 58,000 different wow. auction employees. That's incredible. Right? So his company was a, a lot smaller than that, but we as an association, and I was the uh, president of the National Auction Association, we um, adopted, took over, uh, what a, that, that safety SAM program that you were instrumental of. And this program, um, and by the way, so what, how many cars did we sell in 2016? The, the, the industry somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, uh, half a million used cars ran through our lanes. Exactly, yeah. um, and, and so with those number of employees, that, that program that you did, and the way that you attacked it, the way that you addressed it, the way you thought through it, and, and he mentioned something to not only leave, not only be safe while you're there, but leave a little bit better than you got there. We still adopt that. That sign is on our auction because he used that a couple of different times ago, and it's very important. Um, so you affected a lot of lives. So from our National Auction Association, we have a, uh, a scholarship program. Uh, it's called the Warren Young uh, fellowship uh, fellow scholarship program and this scholarship allows people that we, we give people employees and whatnot children throughout the industries uh, scholarship a chance to go to school so we only have 64 um, uh, to give out or given out only 64 and the program's been around for about 18 years now wow. and it's our way of saying thank you it's our way of saying um, good job it's our way of saying how much we think of you. So we did get to, we met before that, but we did, we, I got to, to award you the, the fellow uh, and well-deserved. And there's an there's a individual that went to school, um, paid for because of your work. That's awesome. That's what leadership's about. It's helping other people. And hearing that makes my heart a flutter. So we need to get Jeff in on the conversation. So I'm gonna ask Jeff my favorite question. I ask everybody that comes on our show, this question. Yeah. What does leadership mean to you? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, you, you said, uh, I think you said it earlier, you know, it's like finding ways to help others be better. And if they want to be better within your organization, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of that. I, I want to help promote them, help them reach whatever their potential uh, should be. Uh, but also, it, sometimes it means reaching you know, their goals and potentials outside of your organization. And, and that's the part that, you know, I've always struggled with other associations or companies who feel like if someone leaves their company or they move on, that, that that's a negative reflection of your company or a negative reflect, reflection of your association. Man, I've got some 
fantastic, you know, the people that I would even say would be on my board of directors uh, that have left our association. And the way I explain it is, you know, there's a point where sometimes you just outgrow the company or you outgrow the association. And that's great. I mean, I can be sad for TIDA and really happy for that person at the yeah. exact same time. But you can only do that if you are trying to help that person improve you know, day after day, if you're trying to make sure that you bring those people in and they get, you know, an opportunity to, to see what it is that you're working on and you're going to benefit from their feedback. And obviously, you know, surrounding yourself with individuals who, who don't always agree with you. I, I think that's super healthy. You know, you have to be respectful in that manner. And, and then the other thing, you know, when it comes to, to leadership, I think it's really about clear communication. Mm -hmm. And not every leader is going to be good for every individual yes. and the more you can have that conversation it doesn't mean that that person can't be successful they may not be successful in the dynamic that you've created yes. but the more you have that conversation it doesn't mean they're a bad person it doesn't right. mean that you're necessarily a bad leader that communication is clear and I, let me just real quick Brooke I'll tell you when when I hire someone I, I tell yes. them immediately I'm thinking of something you had shared before so go ahead you might get there I'm gonna ask you if you don't yeah okay well so when we hire somebody I you know there's a lot of different characteristics you can talk about in leadership and I tell people for me you know, if you really want to be um, uh, effective here at TIEDA, uh, and, and I think there are three things that are very important. Um, you have to be accountable, mm -hmm. uh, you have to have confidence, and you have to have empathy. And, and I think those three things are super important. Accountability to me, first and foremost, you have to be accountable to yourself. And I tell our team, if you work differently when I'm not there, <laughs> you're not going to be successful. Uh, you, you have to, number one, care about your own work. Mm -hmm. And then you have to be accountable to the teammates that we have. Uh, and then certainly because we have members of an association or if you have customers, you have to be accountable to those, those customers. Um, and I think that's a very hard thing to teach, but it's the thing that I look for more than any, anything. Uh, and then again, the confidence, and confidence is another one that's hard, hard to teach, but I think that you can give people opportunities that build confidence, and when you give them those opportunities, be clear with them and tell them, the reason I'm asking you to take on this project or the reason I'm asking you to do this thing is because I have confidence that you're going yes. to do the right thing. Yeah. And you know what else you're going to do? You're going to fail. That's you're right. going to fail from time to do time. Do you let time. them fail? Oh, absolutely. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, so, at the end of the day, no one's no well, one's perfect. You got a question, point. don't you? Well, there was a third point, though. Hang on. Well, Can empathy. Empathy. Yeah, 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 empathy, and and you know that probably goes back to be disagreeing and disagreeing okay. respectfully. You yeah. You know, yeah. but but also you don't know when the <clears throat> whether it's an employee or it's a member or it's that phone call comes in. Man, you don't know the shoes that that person walked in that day. Mm. And so just have a little That's, tiny bit of empathy yes. and appreciate that they could be coming from a, you know, a very different perspective. And the more that we can have empathy for each other, the more successful I think at the end of the day we're all going to be. So to me, those are the three things. That all right, before you get going, we're at that 15-minute mark. So this is a point in time where we want to say thank you to the Oasis Texas Brewing Company for hosting us live today on Lake Travis. Thank you. So if you're watching on YouTube when this comes out and you see behind us, that's what the light is. Gorgeous Lake Travis, Lake Travis, Austin, Texas. And also, if you're looking for more information about leadership, please reach out to our website. It's www.dignity-leadership.com. And then there's this cool little tab called Free Stuff. If you wander <laughs> over to the Free Stuff tab, and we ask Everyone loves free stuff. free stuff. Go on there. we got some cool stuff for you. So now let's get back to the show. So, Brooke, you had a question for Jeff. I do. And then I kind of want to roll it over. So I want to see both both perspectives here. But, Jeff, we um, I've met you once before. And it was a lovely, just short meeting, an hour. An hour we all had to go. But you said something that, that just kind of re 
reiterated what you were just saying, but it was about an employee that you had that wasn't the right fit. Right. That is huge. And, and to your point, I have said the same thing to, to my, you know, when I had um, a department of 30 under me at, at different times. And one of the things I always said to them was, what's your plan A, what's your plan B, and what's your plan C? Mm -hmm. And if you find something that is better for you, I will champion you all the way. Because at the end of the day, you need to do what's best for you and for your growth and for your future, right? But to that point, there was an individual that just wasn't the right fit. Share, just talk a little bit about that, because that was really, that, that is still stuck with me. Yeah, I mean, certainly without sharing any names, you know, right. um, having conversations with people along the way, and soon, you know, mm -hmm. the earlier you can determine that it's a, it's a bad fit. Well, and let's preface that too, in terms of mentorship, being able to see that is, is crucial as well, right? And for them to be able to hear that, yeah. Well, and, and having honest conversations with people, what's important to you? Yes. Well, you know, and, you know, we live in a major metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. um, and, and people, what's important to you changes over, over time as well. You know, your life environment changes. You know, maybe I don't want to sit in traffic. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you may show up at work and you're frustrated and it feels like you're frustrated because of the work. Well, it's frustrated because I've been sitting in traffic for an hour and a half. Yep. And this is where my work is at. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that's where empathy comes in. That's where that, empathy that's, comes in. Exactly. Absolutely. And so yeah. let's, let, let's see if we can get you in a place that is going to help you be successful. And at the end of the day, that particular individual wasn't passionate about our mission uh, serving the people that we serve, which happen to be used car dealers. Um, but they did have a passion. Absolutely. Uh, they had a passion that, that really was more about leadership. It was more about diversity. It was more about, you know, being, uh, um, helping cultures get together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I just told them, I said, Hey, let, let's find a place that's right for you. Cause you're going to be successful. In the right place. You're probably not going to be successful here. Yeah. And man, that's okay. Let's so yeah. let's find the out critical ways. piece of that, I'm going to break it down on the and science. And by the way, she is very successful. I'm going to, I'm going to break it down on the science aspect of leadership. So what you said to them was, you are going to be successful. And what that does is it gives somebody hope. It gives them hope that there's a better day coming around the corner. Because you could have just shut them down and said, look, you're not going to be successful here. You're not, this is not working out. You could have said so many negative things. But you take the high road and you have to deliver bad news and you did with empathy, but you also gave them hope that, hey, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to give you, you're going to be good somewhere. Right. And not every spot works for everybody. Well, and let me just say, I mean, everybody lives in the real world too. You know, you, you, I mean, part of, I don't. Part, part of that conversation is you're, you're not meeting my expectations. Right, right. This and, isn't going to work here. Yeah, that's yeah. okay that you're not meeting my expectations. I want to clearly articulate what my expectations are. And frankly, I don't know that I'm meeting your expectations right. or that the environment that we've created for you are, is meeting your expectations. Right. So let's get that on the table. And now let's talk about how we, how we can move forward. Well, yeah. and, and to that point, you know, your delivery is key in that messaging. It really is. And, and having that level of empathy is, is so important in those conversations because there will be defense mechanisms that are going up immediately, right? Walls go up. Uh, what? I, but I'm here. I'm here. I've showed up on time. I don't want to be here, but you don't know that. I didn't think you could know that, but actually you did know that. Um, and beyond that, at the end of the day, however that other person takes that information, is up to them. But when you preface it in a certain way, and when you open that opportunity to what Rich just said too, you know, when you're saying you will be successful, in terms of, of leadership, just as it is, like when you can see that and say, I see something in you of value, 
it might not work in this environment. And actually, up to now, it just hasn't worked. So let's have a conversation around that, right? Do you want to be here? Do you not? But what's really going on? Because I think you can achieve something. It just might not be here. Yeah. You know, that's a very different conversation than just saying, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not happy. You're not happy. Get out of here. Very different. Hey, yeah. I've been on the receiving end of that conversation. Before. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, and I'll tell you, I mean, I ended up I letting, I mean, I ended up letting the individual go. Right. I, I would say we're still friends to this day. I mean, but you also just said she is very successful sure. now. Yeah. So you set her up for success. There are, well, but you also said sometimes you're going to fail. You're not going to hit it out of the park and learn every lesson. You, you've got to fail to learn some hard lessons. Yeah. That is just the way it goes. So with talking about failure, I want to get Mike's opinion yes. of what leadership means. Okay. Because you also it. gave me a really cool story the other day. So let's hear it. What's, yeah, what's your but, definition of leadership? What's so you? hold on. So before I get to that, I got to tell a, a funny okay. story about failure. Yes. Okay. Because right. failure and I work out real good. So we have 245 employees at our location. Um, and so when I took over, I, I wanted to change the process. I wanted to change it. I, I, I had it on my whiteboard, and this was going to be the way it was going to be, and it was going to just change the entire it's industry. change everything. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, I know so, a guy that can help you with that. Yeah. So I implemented a new system and, and without saying too much it was basically how you signed after you made your purchases sure okay that's that's that simple uh it used to be, a big deal in your industry it used to be done on every lane uh and so that we have 18 lanes it would be done on every lane uh and so i had this wonderful idea that we were going to put it on one wall and we were going to just save all this time and make everybody happy so we it's a major change so we made the change okay. uh sale day happened it's going along okay and then all of a sudden it just fails. It flops. It, it's the worst flop in the history of the auction <laughs> oh, no. business. Uh, it, uh, a process that used to take five minutes took about four hours. <laughs> and every dealer in the world was just just fuming mad. And so I had to get out in front of it and just took full responsibility for it. It was the worst failure everywhere. But the greatest success came because of all of my employees, uh, team members looking at me going, you owned it. <laughs> and, uh, and I did on you it. Do. So, yes, that's, that's awesome. huge. So anyway, that's a, a it's a failure. Hey, but, but real quick, before you get into defining leadership, I do know these two real real cool people in Austin, Texas, that have this consulting company called Dignity Leadership <laughs> Consulting, and they are change process experts, uh, and they understand how change works. They we must be at that 15-minute mark again where you yeah. have to do Is this the 30-minute mark right here? Yeah, 15-minute mark. You have but to do just just, What's the name of that company? <laughs> it's called Dignity Leadership. They're pretty cool people. But okay. one thing I want to just let you know, and I think you probably learned this lesson the hard way, change is not an event. Oh, no. Just because you hung that sign up there doesn't mean everybody's going to follow, right? Oh, but no, that's no, kind of no, where no. you're like, I'm going, well, oh, no, I know. that's that ownership, though, of realizing yes. it wasn't no, an event. No, which is, which is a huge recovery is yes. being able to take that and own well, it. I, it was the biggest win we've had in the, in the eight years that I've been there, and it, 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 it put us on a new trajectory um, by just those team members seeing that I could own it. Here's well, the general manager. Yep. So scientifically breaking that down again because yeah. I'm a nerd. What you did is you displayed vulnerability. You were vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable, it actually opens yourself up for other people to sympathize, empathize, and help you and work with you. Really? So as soon as you did that, they're like, you know what? This guy might be the boss, might be the leader, might be the manager, whatever they called you. But they realized in that moment in time, you were no longer Superman, and you were just like the rest of them. So hats off to you Which for that. Which leads to 
leadership. So what is your definition of leadership? Because in a nutshell, that's exactly what you just did. So, well, it was good. Well, I, I, and hard. I, I thought, was good I, I, and thought hard I was providing them for a good yeah. laugh because yes. that, we yeah. still use it. So it's funny. So leadership means so many different things. And I, 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 so I had to true. write it down uh, because I, I think if you commit something to writing, then that's your true belief. Absolutely. So yeah. I think leadership boils down to the ability to positively influence others, uh, to get their buy-in, to achieve a common goal, mm. right? Yeah. Whether that goal's uh, a financial goal, whether that goal's to actually get me here for this podcast, mm -hmm. whatever that is, is if you can influence them in a good, positive manner and everybody moving forward, I think that's a leader. Yeah. I think there are a few characteristics of a leader, though. It, it's funny, we've talked about a few of them here, so I'll just run through them. Empathy, my number one. Wow. Um, transparency. Uh, transparency and communication is probably my number two. Yeah. Respect integrity uh and then courage yes. and, and i go through each and every one of those but i think those are the things that that really make hit a on a lot of those give us a little more um a tidbit on courage because we haven't really hit on that one yet well we kind of have don't be afraid well to fail. we have it don't be you afraid. have right yeah. okay. so don't okay. be afraid to fail uh don't be afraid to have uh a very open the hard honest, conversations conversation right? yeah. uh don't be afraid to work. Don't be afraid to care. Don't be afraid to love. Don't okay. be afraid to... Uh, the courage means so many different things, yeah. and you've just got to put yourself out there. Yeah. Um, you know, being here, just talking with you guys, this is great. If you guys weren't here, I could talk a lot more, but, <laughs> but I have to put myself out there because um, it's not very comfortable, but that's, that's courage, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, courage is very important, and you've got to be just not afraid. And it's tough. We all have our, um, our things. It's, it's funny. I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. in a, um, a job that requires me to shake probably about 1,500 hands a sale day, right? I mean, uh, I, I'm part of the National Auction Association. I stand up on stage wow. and talk all the time, yeah. but I'm an introvert. Yeah. So You're intimidating, too. I don't know about that, but uh, I, I get intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you and I, I think you and I are alike in a couple of those scenarios when you mention that. Because I can naturally be an introvert. I've learned now that we've gone through the pandemic, we talked about these you changes. You naturally are an introvert. I can flip-flop. Okay. I'm both. But it, so, ex for example, when I was working for the big company, I was definitely an introvert. Yes. I, a lot of my blue came out. It was all about the processes and the analyzation, uh, analyzing and all that stuff. And now that I'm out on my own, running my own business, now my reds come out, which is part of the disc profile. So I'm more of the dominant personality. I've got to go meet people. Um, I'm not going to make a sale if I don't get out and meet people. Back there, I, what I did is, is running the auction when I was your competitor is I made my team stand out front. And for a couple of reasons. One, because they were the experts. They knew what they were doing. They knew the customers better than I did. And I sat back and supported them. What do you need from me next? Right. So I, I played that, um, that role. Do you yeah. know, but often um, healthy leaders, there are so many that truly are introverts at the end of the day. They, they step into a role that is not their comfort zone. They're stepping out of their comfort zone to achieve what is needed at that moment. And, and I think because of that, there is this cognition of, okay, I know that this isn't comfortable for me, so I'm going to go the extra mile for everybody else. I am a 1,000% extrovert. Um, <clears throat> being alone is not always the best for me. When I'm around people, like I'm loving this right now. But 
But at the end of the day, sometimes as an extrovert, you aren't as aware of everything going on around you because you're just loving the fact that you can talk and interact and everyone's listening. I do think that there is this specialty to leadership at the introvert level because you are more aware of some of those things just because of a little bit of a, of a personality change. doesn't make one better than the other. They're just different. Right. Yeah. So I need to get inside your head right now, Jeff. This Good is luck. the quietest I've ever seen you with us. <laughs> so what's going on? What are you, what are you thinking right now? Uh, actually, I'm learning a lot, you know, listening yeah. to you guys, which I always do when I'm you know, I've certainly had a chance to meet Brooke and love this guy and love you. And, and so learning a lot. Um, but I don't necessarily know that there's that much going on. I'm, I'm probably, <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to lead anybody to believe that there's a whole lot going on. Up there. No, there's, there's a lot going on up there. But let's, listening. let's go back to this. Let, let, let me mention okay, one thing that just, just real quick and, and kind of on like what Brooke said and, and, you know, kind of the same thing with Mike here is that, you know, I, I've talked with our team about this a little bit. Yeah. We can use these words all day long. And, and you can even give definitions to those right. words, but, but you really do have to talk about that. You know, whether you're talking about confidence, you know, mm -hmm. like what, what confidence means to one person or what accountability means to someone else. And, and I'll, I'll just give you a real life example. When I had a, a, a new employee and we talked about account, accountability and I said, so what is account, very, very young, right out of college, what does accountability mean to you? He goes, I know, I know, I get it. Yes, sir. I get it. Yes, sir. <laughs> awesome. That what does it mean question. to you? <laughs> I need to be here at eight o'clock in the morning. That's not exactly what it means. That's a part of it, <laughs> but good. it's bigger like than that. showing up at eight o'clock like in the start. morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that's a good start. And so I think you know, for me, when we talk about these words, mm -hmm. you know, certainly when you're trying to uh, when you're trying to, to lead, if you will, mm -hmm. and, and work with other uh, individuals, you, you've got to you've got to talk a little bit deeper than that, you know, because if you just say, "Hey, accountability is important to me," it's important to me too. Well, if the extent of account accountability means showing up to work on time. I probably want to be a little bit deeper than that. And so you just have to make sure that you're having those conversations. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Ongoing. That's good. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting on you, bro. This is all you right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what? We're at the, what? We're at the 30 minute Are we mark. at the 30 minute, at the okay. 30 minute Go mark. ahead. What's your so, spiel? What's my spiel? So number one, we've got to thank uh, Oasis Texas Brewing Company. Thank for you, Oasis thank Texas you. Brewing. We've got to thank our two gentlemen right here for being our guests. And also our producer, Kevin E, the Monster Millennial. Kevin E, thank you. Thanks, guys. Kevin, your mic's not working. That's a, yeah, there we go. There you go. You got to turn that up. So anyway, if you guys need any more information, um, there's a barcode right there. You can scan it. It'll take you to our podcast on our website. You can pick your favorite uh, streaming platform. If there's anything you can do to help a small business, yes. it's subscribe to our podcast because you don't have to pay a thing. Mm -mm. But that subscription base drives our results. It's part of the algorithm. So yes. we're playing the game, but that does help us. You don't have to hire us, but just maybe man. Yeah. Okay. So, Rich, can I tell a funny story? It goes back to something that you said at the very beginning, and, and it's, it's the same gentleman that I was talking about earlier that said, you know, I need, I need to be there at 8 o'clock. And so um, he had come in. This was pretty early on. And, and in fairness, we hired him as a bookkeeper. And okay. I said, um, if that doesn't fit for you, I know long term you may have bigger goals than that. Let's talk about a title that, sure. that works for you. And, you know, we don't have the emotional, what was your title again? I apologize. Chief for, Inspiration Chief Officer. Chief Inspirational Officer. Well, I came up with that on my own. I love so, it. You know, I think I'm stealing. <laughs> I, think I love it. I need something else to go on my <laughs> We'll fix that. Yes, we're going to get that on your bio. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I told him, I said, so think about it because I, I put down bookkeeper. Again, kid that was right out of college. Great, great young man. 
he said, well, let me think about it and I'll come back in. And, yeah. and, and you know, I had talked about, you know, accountability, confidence, empathy, all of those things. And he and I were having that conversation. So this was probably two days later. He comes back in and he goes, I'm thinking I want to be uh, like the director of finance. Well, you have checked the confidence box. That is awesome. You're going to be the director of... So accountability is growing here yes. a little bit, right? Like, yes. Uh, good for you. And I go, so let me guess. If, if we put that on your, yeah. your business card, are you going to be back in about two days ago? Do you know what the director of finance makes? It's a lot more than what I'm making. So, so now here's a perfect question. You've, you've made me think of this, and I'll put you on yeah. the spot. And I'm going to start with you first, Mike. If you could make your own title in the job you're doing right Ooh. now, what would it be? Wow. Wow. What a good question. I know. That is uh, a good question. Hey, I'm seeing smoke. Hey, where's the fire alarm? Yes, okay. yes, yes. What would my job title be? Jeff, right you know now? it's coming, so start thinking. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say the director of fun. Oh. Why? Because we, we talk about, with all of our employees, as leaders, for my ELT team, team there's three things you have to do every day. You got to lead, you got to teach, and you got to motivate. Mm. All right? So three things, all three things. And I'll ask, is that Elm? Elm? Lead, teach, motivate. No, that's right. Yeah. Never mind. So I'll walk by your office and I'll, I'll ask you which one of the three you did. Um, wow. And it's very important because um, you know, we talked about what a leader is. Uh, we talked about um, doing your job better and how you can do your job better. What's the better fit? So we teach. Yeah. Yeah. We also motivate. So um, I'd be the director of fun because what happens is uh, it doesn't matter what position you do. And we have people that are mechanics and paint and body and title clerks and everything else. But everyone has that same. And so when I stop and visit with any one of them, they know that we're going to talk about lead, teach, and motivate. So That's incredible. I want to be the director of fun. Like so that. I'm going to petition your headquarters because I know them. And I'm going to send it in and I'm going to say, hey, you know what? Here's another interesting fact. So the competition between the company that I used to work for and the company that Mike currently still works for, nobody from the other business unit was allowed to enter their corporate headquarters. Do you know I was in your corporate headquarters? They allowed me. When I did the safety program, they yes. invited me down and they said, well, actually, I invited myself and said, hey, we're going <laughs> to, no, it did, shocking. But we're going to have, I said, That's if we're going to spread this and we're going to make safety work for everybody, you're going to have to work with me. I'm sorry. Absolutely, yeah. And so I get in there. And typical process, profit, fashion, they send me through the legal department for a 30-minute debrief on everything that I was going to talk about to make sure that no top secrets were yes. exchanged in that yeah. meeting. Yeah. I'm like, I just looked at them and I said, I'm just here to save people's lives. And they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know it's nowhere in your, in your bylaws or anything like that. I know you're about making money, but if you don't have these people and they get hurt, I said, then you're not going to make any money. So that's all I'm here for. And they grilled me for 30 minutes and finally said, yeah, you don't have anything. They thought it was nothing. So I walked down the hall and talked to your safety guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Shortly so now, after that, Rich shaved his head, grew his beard out, got glasses. He's <laughs> completely incognito. His name's not even Rich anymore after that. So, yeah, they're yeah. going to hunt me down after you this podcast. Break into the the ivory, once, so. Going into the ivory tower is... Uh, <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, there too big. All right, so Jeff, it's Hey, let me say real quick, too. Just yeah. I've known this guy for a long time. I've been, I don't know, there's probably 80-something auctions, auto auctions in the state of Texas. Wow. And uh, it is one, just the environment that you create, and I feel like that always starts at the top. It is fun when you go to the San Antonio auto auction. Not that going out and buying a bunch of cars is 
is a lot of fun. It's fun for our guys, but uh, just the environment that you feel there, I think that starts at the top. And I, I would uh, well, culture would say he's not. He doesn't just preach that; he mm -mm. practices it. I mean, if you just said it, you said it's mechanics, it's guys that are painting the cars, that are fixing the cars. But we live this every day. They know that I'm going to come in. I'm going to ask them that question. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so, culture. Yeah. I had a customer tell me one day. They said, "Hey, culture is something that should smack you in the face." Good or bad, you'll define culture by how it hits you. Mm -hmm. And when he came in and said that, mm -hmm. I said, so how's the culture at the place I was working? Mm -hmm. He said, it's awesome. It's great here. I was like, Phew, dodged another bullet. <laughs> but it wasn't like that. That's he right. It was really bad. Yeah. So kudos to yeah. you for having culture. But now, Jeff, we've got to go back to you and say, all right, you're, you're in charge of TIDA, so you can change your title. I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah. What's your new title going to be starting, wow. starting on Monday? I was trying to think of something that like fits what I think I do, and, and I don't even know what – the, what this, uh, what the title of this person is, but whoever, like the guy who stands in the middle of the three rings at the circus, ah. I don't know what, is that the, uh, the ring, master. ring master? Yeah. I think that yeah. probably fits what I do more than, <laughs> than anything where it, it, it really looks chaotic, but it's kind of organized chaos. And, uh, it, it, well, and that is that person. It's the that person organizes the cat. They look at you and they go, oh, it's actually organized. And yeah. you're like, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, right? right? Yeah. But you're it, making it look smooth sailing. Is that lion actually going to bite that guy's head off? No, but it looks like that lion right, is going right. to bite that guy's head off. <laughs> no, I, no, I would say that probably is it for me. A, a lot of what we do is we interact with legislators, and so we're getting our dealers wow. in front of legislators, and we're talking about legislative issues. And so we will create events similar to an event like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the little minor things Absolutely. are really important. The way people flow in and out, you know, when you're going to ask people to go out and, uh, you know, get something to eat or drink. Yeah. And so I, I would say that probably fits my, my uh, job responsibility. So I'm going to put on my consultant hat. If you changed your business card to chief ringleader, do you think you'd pick up more followers or do you think you would alienate followers? Hmm. I'm afraid there would be like a bunch of like white Clydesdales that would show up one day and they would say, where do we put the horses? And I would be like, no, it was just a joke. Exactly. I, no, so, so where I'm going with that I, is. I can answer that for you. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. You would actually pick up a few more because a lot of people don't appreciate exactly mm. what you do and i know because I, so i know from the other side so mm. you would actually pick up a few more and that's a great description of what you do so. <laughs> well and when i was introduced to tiada i had different i had a preconceived notion in my head which is part of how the human brain functions is you you don't if you don't think clearly or critically you go back on what you already know so i'm like all right association president I was thinking big, giant organization. Here comes a guy with a great big ego. And then no offense, I saw you were small in stature. I'm like thinking, here it comes, here it comes. When's the Napoleon syndrome going to come? And it never did. Bless your heart, it never did. So you changed that whole dynamic for me. And then I started working with you. And I'm like, what do, these, what do you guys do? And you guys are known throughout the country as like the best state is, independent automobile association there is. So hats off to you for, for everything you're doing there because you make it look like you make it look enjoyable from where I was sitting in the cheap seats. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I will tell you, as I tell people all the time, if, you, if we're not the best uh, state association, uh, let us know and we'll work to fix that. Well, I don't think you guys don't go out and announce that you're the best, which is part of it as well. Um, you just continue to try, from what I can see, improve every day and become right. a better version of yourself. And I've seen what you do with your employees. I've been on the receiving end of it. Um, 
And when I was working for, you haven't treated me any differently as a little independent guy that I am now as when I was working for the big company where I had millions of dollars of assets at my disposal, where I could have definitely probably given you, let's just say it, more bang for your buck. But the cool part about TIADA is you guys haven't treated me any different now that I'm not part of that giant organization. Yeah, but that goes both ways, Rich, as you know. I mean, I, you know, when I interact with, you know, whoever it may be, there, I'm going to gain something from that, and, and I certainly appreciate your friendship, and that, that goes on, not just when you were with, with Edessa, but where you're at now. I, I do want to, you know, you guys were talking about culture earlier, and, you know, it's one of those things that's hard to show people. You can yes. talk about it all the yeah, time, absolutely. you can talk about it all the time, but when you really get an opportunity or an example to show that's the culture, that's who we are, that, that's a neat moment, and I know I've shared this with you before, Rich, but... So when we went through the pandemic and um, we, one of the things that I mentioned that we do, we have events and we bring people together and it's a really neat opportunity for, you know, our members to network and, and for our members to network with uh, associate members and legislators and such. Well, when you're in the middle of a pandemic, you don't have that. And so we're trying really hard yeah. to create that. And uh, so we did some virtual events and we, I think in everyone's mind that the virtual event was going to be just like the in-person event, and it's just not. <laughs> it's it not. never is. It never no. will be. And, and, and what we failed to do is we kept saying, hey, we're going to put on our conference. Well, when we said we're going to put on our conference, the mentality was it's going to be just like you know, 600 people showing up. We're all going right. to have a great time. Right. And, and it just wasn't. And, and at the end of the day, we failed, and, and we failed miserably. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the thing that was... And we always, after one of our events, we sit around as a team and we say, what were the three best things that happened? What were the three worst things that happened? And so it kind of gives everybody that opportunity to celebrate the victories, you know, talk about some of the struggles that we had and how we can improve those in the future. And, uh, and I had one individual, she's, you know, she's still with us today, love her to death, and, and she got really emotional over it. And she said, it just it didn't meet our expectations. You know, that, that's not who we are. And, and I, mm. I got to try not to get emotional here. But she got very emotional. And, and then, you know, she started, mm. she started crying. And a couple others were just really emotional because we just felt like we had let our members down. Yeah. We set up an expectation. We didn't meet well, that expectation. Well, you had built it up. You, you had that expectation. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and I, I just said, I agree. And I was kind of, <laughs> you know, to Mike's point earlier, I mean, we owned it. We, mm -hmm. The first thing we did, we said, you know, starting Monday morning, we're going to call every member. We're going to let them know that we didn't meet our own expectations. Mm, we know we didn't yeah. meet your expectations. We learned a lot. We're going to do things different in the future. But kind of during that moment when it was certainly a very awkward moment yeah. when people are very raw and, and it's very emotional. And, and, and so I told her, I said, you know, the thing that is, I, I agree, we didn't, we didn't meet the expectations that we had. And that's not who we are as an association. That's not our culture. But her getting that emotional and making everybody else that emotional, I said, that is who we are. You know, yeah. that's the yes. example that of who we are up, that, opportunity. that we cared Absolutely. that much that we failed that miserably, that we were sitting around a room crying together, you know, and that's essentially kind of like therapy. But you also create that environment for that safety for her to be able to say that at that level, right? Like genuinely caring about that, that vulnerability, the ability to get that emotional sure. doesn't always happen at the table. No, nope. but know? when you see that, you're like, right. that's our culture Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Sitting there in front of us and that person yep. that was really struggling, we were all struggling. It's like, wow. that's the culture, that's who we are. Wow. And so, There's anyway, no, no crying in TIA. <laughs> Not right. out in public, behind, <laughs> so behind I'm closed steal doors. This back we're, at, we're getting close. How to, are we doing on time? I have a question. That's what right. I'm wondering. We're getting close. We're cutting it close. Okay. What's your question? I'll tell you. I'll, you ask a question. I'll decide if we can answer. Okay. It. Well, let me let me just preface it this way. I heard through the grapevine that through the pandemic, and this was a great time to you know a lot of changes happened in your life, Rich. Um, yes. 
you went from leading a company from from and, and being there for years, for decades, yep. to going out on your own, um, starting something new. And in the midst of that, I heard you wrote a book. I did. Okay. I wrote a book. Okay. Can you believe this? Let's People, hear it. What, what, what's going on with this book? Tell us about it. So I wrote a book. It's called You're Doing It Wrong. Stop. You're doing You're it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Stop How managing. inspirational. And start leading. And I named start it. leading, though. Yeah, why did you name it that? What, what, what was the, what, the background of that? Because a negative thought sticks in your head two times as long as a positive thought. So if I'm competing for shelf mm -hmm. space at a retailer and mm -hmm. some CEO with smarty pants walks by and says, you're doing it wrong versus how to lead with empathy, which book do you think he's going to pick up? You're doing it wrong in red letters with an exclamation point yes. at the end. Yes. Exactly what you want to keep hearing when you're producing an audiobook. Is you're doing it wrong. Absolutely. And when we were producing an audiobook, we recorded the audiobook this past weekend up in Kevin's studio, KEPX. <clears throat> it was, it was uh, an event I had never done before, obviously. I've never written a book. And then you go and record an audiobook, and you're reading the book. And I was driving, Kevin, bless his heart, I, had, I said, we used Mark was the word. Every time we make a mistake, we'd say Mark, and he'd know that was in there. And I'm like, I'd read, as if I, Mark, as if Mark. It's like, <laughs> I was just, does it. I mean, but once I got through it and I got a rhythm and I've listened to it, we thought we were going to have some clips today, but technical difficulties, we don't. Oh, we will for the next show. Oh, we will for the next show. So you're going to have to. Know. <laughs> Stay tuned for next month, everyone, so because we will have those twice. clips. Hey, can you pull up the other, can you pull up one clip now? Does it work? Do you know how to do it? Well, you work on it. Tell me you're ready. But what I want to cover real quick is you mentioned it earlier was empathy. Mm -hmm. And so when I was writing a book, um, you've got to find somebody else that's done it before. And I bumped into on LinkedIn a gentleman by the name of Rod Volp. Rob. Rob Volp. And he just wrote a book called Tell Me More About That, Solving the Empathy, empathy Crisis One Conversation at a Time. So I emailed him and said, hey, we're doing a podcast. We're going to talk about the values. I wrote about several different values in my book. Empathy is one of them. And I said, Rob, you're an expert on this topic. What is your definition of empathy? And here's what he wrote back to me. Being able to see another person's point of view or feel what they are feeling with them, stepping into the shoes of someone else. So in summary, that's from an empathy expert. And you hit it pretty, yeah. pretty well earlier. And another thing I want to uh, make note of Every guest that comes on the show, I ask them the same question. Brooke, you and I ask this one. It's, mm -hmm. what is leadership? What is leadership? Yep. And yet, to this day, we've recorded 18 shows now, 19 shows somewhere mm -hmm. in there. Nobody has ever described leadership without using actionable items, actionable words. It's always something you do. It's not what you say. Mm -hmm. It's not what you write. It's not a memo, not an email, not a meeting. It's all about the action. Which well, I think isn't that so important? Because we always like hang our hats on, I said this. Mm -hmm. I did. You should know because I said this. At the end of the day, I mean, that's the same thing with parenting, I think, to a certain degree, right? Do as I say, not as I do. But really, it's do. I'm going to do what you do, not necessarily as I say. It, you're watching by example. We lead by example, by the lives we live. That is leadership. So with that, we're going to transition to the last segment of our show. All so right. we're at the 45-minute mark. Um, so again, thank you to Oasis Texas Brewing Company for allowing us to use this room. For We've got another show coming up later this afternoon. We've got another one tomorrow. Yes. First time we've ever recorded live in front of a studio audience. Lake so it's just new. It's fun on the beautiful, beautiful lake. And yep. thank you, gentlemen, for being here. So, all right. so Kevin E., I know you're going to have to get headsetted back up because this is a part of the show when I bring you into the conversation.
So I'm not sure what technical ideas you got going on over there. But we're going to do... Um, yeah, so, pick the wrong time. Oops, sorry. Pick the wrong time. All right, so we're going to go through, at the end of every show, we're talking about a live audience. Yeah. We're explaining to you what we're doing. Everybody on YouTube's like, get on with it, get on with it. We know what you do. We go through my why statement. It's to learn, to grow, and to lead. All right. With dignity. With dignity. But we're going to cover the three things in 15 minutes right now, each one of us. I'm going to ask you, let's see. I'm going to flip a coin. All right. You ready, Mike? Yeah. What is it? Heads. Oh, man. You're Tails, good. you lose. All right. <laughs> Mike. See, I know who I can pick on. Yes, yes, yes. I picked on you first earlier, too, didn't you I? You did. Yeah. Oh, you put yeah. it on the spotlight. So yeah. what is one thing that you learned in the last 45 minutes talking to us? Hmm. Uh, can I say yes. uh, to reaffirm, maybe? Um, so I, I talked about my things, and there it is right there on the screen, the empathy part, right? Um, listen, I, I try to, uh, in the lead, teach and motivate with all my team members. Uh, that's uh, home office coming to get me right there. <laughs> They're coming to uh, rescue yeah. you. They heard you're on a, no, you're on a won't, podcast with me. They won't be back at work. Uh, but just to reaffirm so the, the position that we have, the thoughts that we have to work with, mm -hmm. the empathy part, the listening, um, it, it's uh, the, the fail fast, uh, which you know, you work for a big corporation. They don't really like that a lot. Um, and so um, it just kind of reaffirms some of the beliefs that I have. So in the last 45 minutes, I feel good. I, I think I'm walking out of here with a little stronger resolve. I say write notes down. You're the first guest we've had, both of you, I say you're both writing notes down. You are both the first two guests to actually write down notes during our show. Yeah. Well, I'm impressed. I, so Danny, you're coming up next, so you better have your notebook. Yes, yes, so, yes, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll share my pen I, with and, you. And I actually wrote three things, too. So. Three things? Yes. She so, appears to be young enough to have a better memory than Mike yeah. and I. We're writing things down and be like, mine, mine, I will be honest with you, mine actually says milk, cat food, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so what did you learn today? First, I learned that Mike Browning is an introvert. Uh, I have yes. been to his auction numerous times, and know, uh, huh? if he says he shaved, did you say 1,500? Uh, about 1,500. I would say 3,000 yeah. uh, hands he shakes a day. Wow. Take so, your hand and sanitizer with you. Yeah. That's right. Wow. No, he's, he's awesome at that. Also, I did know this, but learned that you had written a book. I'll say, what an overachiever. <laughs> like, do you know how many people I've talked to, and they've said, they said, well, you know, during the pandemic, I read three books. Not Rich. Rich writes his own Rich book. Said, that's <laughs> that's I, him. I said that to him. I said, yes. How is that? Yeah. I wrote I good to read a book. He I, wrote one. I read three books and I was so impressed. And then I go have lunch with Rich and I'm like, I'm not going to brag about that <laughs> now. <laughs> Put that one away. Well, yeah. just so you know, I read three books a month. Mm -hmm. Plus, I wrote a book. Um, it took me about Brander. six weeks to write that book. And my wife didn't know me for those so six just, weeks. No, but let's Take you longer to record pause. It six weeks? You're acting like, man, it took me about six weeks. That is not normal. That is not human. Thank People you. take years to write a book. That's so. a really good point. Well, Very so, focused. So the gentleman I mentioned earlier, Rod Bulp, that wrote, tell me more about that. I talked to him. It took him six years to write exactly. that book. And he goes, how long did it take you? I said six weeks. Come again? Yeah. yeah. So actually, I met with you two in Las Vegas in November of last year. And you asked me what was on my agenda, and I said, I'm going to go write a book. Um, I actually started that week. So that was the starting point. So when I, wasn't, when I wasn't socializing and doing what all you automobile people do, I was up in my hotel room writing a book. He I was actually doing that it. while he was at that conference. Yes. You yeah. That, right? well, you know, yeah. most people like what happens exactly. in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. He actually, yeah, I wrote I write a book. During, Every time, time I go to Vegas, Vegas, I think about writing a book. You know how many books I've written? Zero, because it stays in Vegas. <laughs> 
Well, I hope my book doesn't stay in Vegas. I hope everybody goes out and buys it and reads it. And I hope they learn something from it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I learned a lot this week. So I'm going to go over to our, our producer, Kevin E., yeah. who's been listening attentively today. <laughs> we, we put him on the spot yeah. all the time. The guy's got the best the radio end. voice in the yes. world. All right. So 45 minutes of us blobbing. And then today is one of those days I got a little fixated on the uh, technical stuff. But no, you I'm still did. listening. You right. did. But you can bring that into it. So let's just take the last two and a half hours. What have you learned? Sure. Um, well, I really like the idea that not only can you change your job title, but you can come up with your own. Because that's, you know, starting my own business, that's something that I did. And I picked president and CEO to make it sound like it's a company of more than one guy. very important, yes. But it doesn't really describe at all what I do on a day-to-day -day basis or what my job entails, you know. So that's something I want to work on. And then, uh, Rich, you said that you're kind of an introvert and an extrovert. And I kind of have that, too. Like, people would say I'm an outgoing, friendly person, but, like, my wife knows when I go to the pool, people always want to talk to me. And I'm like, I just want to be left alone. <laughs> so, like, it's a, it goes both ways. So I guess yeah. I can kind of switch it on and off, too. But uh, that's all I got. You can change that swimsuit, and no one will talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> you can fix that. But, but us three have something we can't change, and that's our hair. I wear a hat so that I don't get the glare, because you guys go. got the beautiful Dignity Leadership Consulting Center. That's true. We need you in front of that for the next one. Well, no, I like sitting on this end, because I can, we'll figure it out. All right, so, Brooke, what'd you learn? Hmm. I, I mean, I love this conversation, by the way, the way this flowed. Um, I think my takeaway from both of you, just so you know, it's, you are you are both human beings in your roles and that that comes down to the humility and, and that vulnerability part of leadership that is usually what i gravitate towards um i am very driven i want to you know years in the years past i always thought I, I wanted to make it all the way to the top and i've actually changed that thought i don't want to be number one i'd love to be number two or number three so that i can touch you know just a few more people but um but a piece of that is just it's hearing that humanistic side of leadership, being fun, listening to others, opening up the floor so that, that your team can express whatever is going on, whatever it may be. At the end of the day, I think as employees, you know, as, as people going in, when they see that type of person at the top, they feel like they can truly be themselves. And I, I think they contribute more to the table uh, at that absolutely. time, you know? So, so it's just so, um, that, that to me was just reiterated today, and, and I want to continue driving that forward in, in whatever I do in the future. So it's good. Thanks. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to thank you guys for number We one. got more. We well, got you, more you, questions. We don't know what You're not off the hook is. yet. Why don't you tell us what your takeaway is, and no, then we can wrap he, it up. He, I was he, about he, to thank you guys. You were saying what the takeaway was. Yeah. Did I interrupt you? Did you not get through your what you learned? You got through it. No. You yeah, learned that he no, was an introvert. Well, well yeah. And shaking hands. But, but I mean, some of that too is just, it's yeah. kind of an affirmation, you know? Yeah. Kind yeah. of like, right. you know, what right. Mike had said is, and, and you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we're not perfect. Sometimes True. it's a little hesitant when someone asks you to be on a show like this. And I think more than anything, anyone who's listening, I mm -hmm. would say, I, I'm certainly not sitting up here as an expert. I'm sitting up here as a person who has experience. Yeah. And I'm just kind of sharing those experiences. It doesn't make any of the things that I said right or wrong. It works yeah. for me and yep. it works for our association. But that kind of just gives me some affirmation. Absolutely. There's a lot of different ways yeah. to do that. A lot of different leaders that can yeah. be very successful and doesn't make one way the right way. But what, yeah. you've, what you've helped us do is what the topic of the show is about, was mentoring and building your personal board of directors. And you've expanded our listeners' viewpoint of what leadership is by sharing your version. Mm -hmm. Everybody we bring mm -hmm. on here has a different version of what leadership is about. And right. your version is, is admirable. And part of what I tell everybody is becoming a leader is don't go copy one person's stuff because you're not being authentic. 
Listen to as many versions as you possibly can get. Find out what works for you and take bits and pieces yeah. from it. So here's what I learned today, because I know, yeah. Brooke, you're going to ask me, right? Go ahead, ask me. What did you learn today, Rich? I learned... Question. Say it again. Rich, what did you learn today? Okay, I'm, like I'm thick-headed and I didn't learn anything because I know it all. That's the way I used to think. Mike, when you talked about courage, I've never covered that part yeah. in any of my leadership values. So I wrote a book and I've got five values in there, but I didn't cover courage. So here's my aha moment. We're going to get to it because the next question is, and I don't know, you let me know who wants to go first. So you got to learn and then you got to grow. We've got okay. six minutes yet. Okay. You got to learn, you got to grow, and then you got to lead. So you've said what you've learned now. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll go to Brooke. Ugh. You ready? No. Yes, absolutely. Brooke, uh -huh. How are you going to use what you learned today to become better tomorrow? How I'm going to use that actually is in, um, so I love Dignity Leadership. We're doing this, you know, going full throttle. I also work for a startup a tech, tech company. And um, I think my takeaway today is, again, going deep diving in terms of the communication portion of, of leadership. Uh, this week alone, I had two people ask me um, what my goals are in terms of leadership within this company. Honestly, I've been on a learning curve. You know, this is this is new for me being in a startup. Um, but what I know about myself is that I am courageous enough to have those conversations, and I I'm just starting to step out of that. And so I think two things: leading with who I am. That's the humble part about it. I'm just going to be me, but really start reaching out and communicating more. That's my takeaway. That's where I'm growing. You ready, Kevin? You want me to go? Yeah. All right. Um, well, one thing, I'm going to redefine my job title. I want to do that. that. Awesome. And uh, number two, I need a board of directors. You you've do. got You've got one. You just don't know it. I just don't know who's on well, it. Well, I know the who's, thing. I know who could be on yours, and I know who you talk about, and they're already on it. You just haven't associated it in your brain. But we'll help you this weekend. <laughs> like you. And we'll Michael talk, Jack. man. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... I'm on his time right now, so I'm paying him. So he's got to wait till I'm done so he can come talk to me so I can charge him. And then <laughs> we can write it off. Yeah. Right. This no, goes back and forth. Yeah, it's yeah. a two-way street. Yeah. yeah. But you've already got a couple. You probably just, you just got to. No, I think that's I great, though. I mean, yeah. but you're, I mean, just thinking about it makes a difference because you're already starting to think who makes a difference, who doesn't. And getting feedback from other people probably starts, you know, just right. e expanding that, whatever that is. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Yeah, sure. And mine is kind of similar to that. You know, we talked a lot today about the people that you work with and certainly in the positions mm -hmm, that we're in, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're on your team and you say all those things, but, but they are, they're your employees and yeah. you spend a lot of time uh, focusing on those people. And I, I would say the part where I'm going to grow is I look at somebody like a Mike Browning who, you know, when's the last time we've gone and have lunch together? Not enough. And I can blame a lot of that on the pandemic. And also people that were, that I learned under when I was at other associations. And I used to stay in really close contact with them. Yeah. I, I've gotten away from that. And because I think I'm so focused on, on my, on our team and I probably need to spend more time with those people that you're talking about, kind of that board of directors or the individuals that I learned so much from and I can bring that back and help improve Absolutely. myself and then ultimately help improve the association. I just need to do better in that area. We're going to have lunch, the three of us. I can see it. Brooke, we'll get you in on that. The four, four of us. us. Yes. Excuse me? The four of us. Yeah, well, the been, one with hair needs these to be been part of this conversation. conversation. So, Brooke, I know. Okay, there you go. There you go. I've done this on past podcasts. I'm going to call you out in front of the whole world right now. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Sometimes you've got to make some time for other things and I not so just busy. one thing. I get so busy. I say thing. yes to everything. That's the yes. extrovert in right, me. So yes. We're getting low Mike. on time. Mike, you've got to go. It's quick. You've got to go quick. Just listening and learning. We're not failing enough. 
I love wow. that. Wow. Yes. We're not yes. yes. That is so, awesome. Speak for yourself. That. that means we're not taking enough risks, right? right. Absolutely. Right. We're so we're. Kevin said. Kevin said, "Speak for yourself." <laughs> we're gonna. <laughs> so, we're hey, gonna uh, get back. I feel like. Okay, so that. we got We got well. one quick thing we got to do before That's we go awesome. through. So you got to learn. You're gonna grow, and now you got to lead. So in order to lead, you got to have an accountability partner. So Brooke, who's gonna hold you accountable on what you just talked about? That you're gonna learn and improve. You. Yeah. You, because you just love those rules. I you, do. You're, I'm a yeah, rule that's you. All right, Mike, who's going to hold you accountable? I can't wait to call Jeff and tell him what we failed. Perfect. <laughs> no, it works. That it would works. be fun. Yes. All right, Jeff, who's going to hold you accountable? I was going to say Brooke, but it sounds like she has too much going on. Hey, hey, hey. Brooke. I can handle I'll say yes. I can't, I can't I'll use say yes. Brooke, so I, I would say like the it. same okay. thing. Okay. Because of this shared yeah. experience, I mean, certainly I visit with you Absolutely. pretty regularly, but yeah, I would, yeah. I, I would love to, to contact Brooke, and certainly I just think love the world that. of bouncing yeah. ideas and things off mic. Well, and she brings a different perspective. We're all automotive, and she's medical, which is healthcare. All right, Kevin E. I think you know. We Let's talk every it. week. Hey, we, it does. It works. It we absolutely. Accountable. So I'm just going to keep on it continuing. So it's going to be you're going to ride. You're going to ride you. Um, it's going to be Mike Browning because I want to learn about that courage thing. I've never thought about it. I've like never it. used like it. it. So yeah. Mike, you and I are going to be like, I'm going to be blowing your phone up. We'll figure it out. You got it. Yes. This don't right. ask for my bio. Yeah, no bio. I won't ask for a bio. Okay. All right, so I want to thank the Oasis Texas Brewing Company for allowing us to be here today. Our producer, Kevin Ebley. Thank you, Reggie. Thank you, guys. I want to thank our guests, Jeff Martin and Mike Browning. Jeff, thank you, Mike. And also, thank you to our live in-person audience for joining us. Please visit us at dignityleadership.com yes. on the World Wide Web. Keep paddling. Keep paddling.